0: Jesus, we thank you that this can be our testimony of life in you as we hear from our pastor Marty and as he opens up your word to us today. Speak to us your truth. Lead us in your love. Change us forever. Amen. Be seated, please. Amen. Yes, let's give him a hand. Amen. God bless you. Happy Easter. It's great to have you here. You know, every year we celebrate the same thing. Jesus raised from the dead and Jesus raised from the dead every year. Why do we keep doing this every year? I'll tell you why. The reason we keep celebrating Jesus raising from the dead is because it gives us hope of having life. I, let me explain it like this. You know, um, the human race is hardwired for hope. From, from the time you're born till the time you're old and you die, we're, we're creatures that are constantly looking to figure things out and to understand things and, and to interpret things so that we find hope we try and make things make sense so we can have hope in our life because it's the only way we can stay happy. The only way we can continue to survive is to find hope. We long for hope. It's the human condition. We're always trying to find it. Then when we can't find it, we, we, we blame, right? We blame our enemies. We blame our loved ones. We blame uh, politics. We blame our culture. We blame the things we're in. We blame our job. We blame everything. Because we're, we're creatures that long for hope, and we can't find it. Well, something's stopping me here. Something's not working right. Right? That's how we are. We're all wired like that. So we try. We try hard to find our hope through our achievements, or our, our good looks, or our romance, or heroes, or money, or politics, or adventure, or entertainment, even. And when we don't find it, and we get frustrated, and life doesn't make any sense, what happens? People get depressed. You get down. You get angry. You get sad. That's what happens to the human being. That's typical of what happens to us. Why? Because we're hardwired for hope. That's the way people are. And Easter is about God saying, Stop it! Jesus Christ will come and take away the most hopeless thing in your life, death. And he does. He comes and dies on the cross for our place, but then raises from the dead. He's the only one who conquered death. And he's the key to you finding hope in your life. That's what we, why we keep celebrating it. Uh, often we miss it because we just tuck it away as religion. Ah, it's just religion. <laughs> no, no, it's the only hope you got. It's the only key you can find to unlock the door for hope in your life. What if we took a new look at it today? Like... Let's look at this resurrection of Jesus from an eyewitness account, like from the Apostle Peter. He was the head disciple. How did Peter see it? If Peter could be here right now, just to give you a little context about who Peter is, Peter would tell you three things about himself. Number one, Peter was a guy that was highly committed. Uh, he would say, I'm totally committed. That's the kind of guy I am. totally committed to my business. He had a great business. And he was so totally committed to Jesus, he said, I left my business. I left everything I was involved with to follow Jesus. For three years he followed Jesus. He was totally committed kind of a person. He would tell you he was totally open-minded. He's a totally open-minded guy to listen to Jesus, to listen to what he said. For three years he followed him. He listened to him. He kept record of him. In fact, we see it in the letters he wrote. Peter was totally committed and totally open-minded and totally a get earth things done kind of guy. He got things done. You know, did you ever think about that story when Jesus walked on water and he came to him in a storm? How many of the guys got out of the boat and walked on the water too? One, Peter. Peter's a get her, get her done kind of guy. He's totally committed. He's going to do it. Step on the water. He walked on water. Peter was the one when Jesus said, you know what, guys, I'm going to be going away. He goes, no, you're not. You're not going anywhere. And Jesus had to rebuke him. Remember that? Remember when when the the, the guys came and they captured Jesus and they were going to take him? away. What did Peter do? He took out a sword and sliced off the, the soldier's ear. Jesus had to heal the guy's ear. That's the kind of person he was. So let's say Peter was right here. How would he tell the story? What would he say? Peter would say, well, here's how it went. In short, I followed Jesus for three years, totally committed, totally learning everything I could from the miracles, from the teaching and everything, totally getting things done. And then all of a sudden, it all fell apart. Jesus was arrested. He was dragged before the Sanhedrin, the the Jewish council, and, and being judged And so I stood in the courtyard and I could hear some things and I could still see Jesus there. And out of the blue comes this little girl, this servant girl. And she goes, hey, she points at me. That man was with Jesus. And I go, what are you talking about? You know what you're talking about? I never was with Jesus. What do you mean? I was with Jesus. I lied. So I walked a little closer trying to get away from that girl, you know. And another little servant girl comes up and goes, That's Peter. I saw him with Jesus. go, like, I was not. I curse her out. I tell people, I don't even know the man. What are you talking about? And then some guy heard me talking. a bystander. goes, Hey, you got the Galilean accent. Yeah, you're one of those guys that hung around with Jesus. I can hear it in your accent. Read it. It's, it says that right in the scriptures. I said, No, I wasn't. I'll be blankety blank you know he says i start cursing i blaspheme god he says and i was shouting so loud everybody got quiet listening to me and then a rooster crowed because jesus had told me he had already told me when i said no lord i won't deny you he said what before a rooster crows twice you will deny me three times when I heard that rooster, I heard it like nobody else there heard it because Jesus had predicted this is what was going to happen. And so I just fell apart. I mean, I just started crying. I, I, I just I had to get out. I just started walking away. Do you, do you understand what I did? There isn't a person in this room. There isn't a person in this whole world that did what I did. I denied the Son of God. I lied. I lied. I lied again. I blasphemed God. Wow. There's no forgiveness for me. That's what I thought. This is it. I totally messed up. Jesus predicted that I would, and I told him, no, wait, Lord, I will never, never do that. But I did. Nobody's done as bad as that. I, I, I can't believe anybody. Nobody. So then everything started happening fast. Jesus was taken and beaten, falsely accused. They nailed him to a cross. He died on the cross, saying it is finished with his last words. soldier took a spear and put it through his side just to make sure he was dead. And they wrapped him up, brought him into a tomb and threw him in there. Put a big stone in front, and the soldiers, the Roman soldiers stood around. So no one would break in. Well, it came Sunday morning, and Mary Magdalene and some of the other girls go, we're going to go up to the tomb and see if the soldiers will move the, the big rock, and we'll, 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 we'll put spices on the body. Mary Magdalene gets up there, and she says, it was open already. And Jesus' body wasn't there. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared to us. And the angel said, he's not here, he's risen. And this gardener starts saying something. I turn around, and she goes, the gardener goes, Mary, it was Jesus. I said, what should I do? He says, you go tell the disciples and tell Peter. He mentioned my name. Go tell Peter. So I'll never forget when she came running to me and John and she said, Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. He's not there. I saw him with my own eyes. So Peter and I took off running. And I got to be honest with you. I didn't know if I wanted to get there or not. I mean, I just denied him three times. I just lied. I just blasphemed. I mean, he I felt so guilty. So I let John beat me. <laughs> he made it to the tomb. He's coming out when I'm coming in. I can see Jesus' body isn't there then everybody things just started going forward for the next 40 days people started seeing jesus things he's appearing to different people over 500 people at one time it's just amazing things happening but the most dramatic for me was when i had just given up i figured well i don't know i've lost my hope so i went fishing back to my old job fished all night didn't catch anything And this guy on the beach says, hey, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. There's fish over there. I'm like, come on. So we do. And our nets are so full, we can't even pull them in. We're drifting over by the guy on the beach. And I look over there. That's not a guy on the beach. That's Jesus. It struck me. So I jump in the water. I swim to the shore as fast as I can. And when I see his eyes, I'm scared to look at him. But when I look up, he's looking at me with a smile. I said, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I denied you. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He says, of course. That's why I died on the cross, to forgive everybody. He says, pieces started to fit together. I started making sense of life again. All of a sudden, I started getting hope. My hope was in Jesus alone. He says, that's what started making sense. We all have hope because Jesus rose from the dead. And you know, as things started to come together what happened over the next 40 days was I had learned so much from him and so did the rest of us. Then we saw Jesus ascend to heaven like recorded in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Next thing you know, I'm the one speaking to thousands of people and telling them that they could have hope too because Jesus raised from the dead, right? Acts chapter 2, if you haven't read it, Luke wrote it down. And I told those people two things. I'll tell you right now, I told those people two things. And the first thing I told them, which you and I all need to hear here today, 2,000 years later, was this Jesus is waiting. He's just waiting for you to come to Him. Like He was waiting for me to swim out of that boat and come to Him. He's waiting for us. You couldn't have done worse than me. He was waiting for me. He's waiting for you. In fact, I feel that so strong, I wrote it down in the book. In my second letter. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, read like this. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. All he wants us to do, like all he wants me to do, is come up and admit, okay, I blew it, Jesus. I really messed up. Would you forgive me? He's like, yes, yes. That's why I died on the cross to forgive the sins. And all of a sudden, all the pieces started to make sense for me. Remember, I said we're all creatures that have to make sense of life? He says it all started making sense. The apostle Paul wrote it down better than anybody else when he said, in, in Romans 3:23, for all of sinned to fall short of the glory of God, it's not just me, it's everybody. We're all sinners. And we can only come to him as sinners. And admit it, all this sin to fall short of the glory of God. And all of a sudden what Peter wrote down, I mean what Paul wrote down in 2 Corinthians 5.21 made perfect sense. I now understood what the cross was all about and the resurrection, resurrection was all about. It's God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Do you get it? He substituted for us. He did what we couldn't do. No matter how much you follow Jesus, no matter how much you were totally in, which I was, you can't make it. You can't do good enough. You can't perform good enough. Jesus' righteousness can become your righteousness because he paid for your unrighteousness on the cross and rose from the dead. He conquered the major enemy we have in life, death itself. You know... I think of Peter saying those kind of things, and I was reminded of it this week when I was uh, listening to a guy named Jason Lee. Jason tells a story how he was 22 years old, living down in L.A., had everything together. He had a really great job. He was making a lot of money. He had a great car, great house, great girlfriend, lots of friends, and he said, I was really happy, but I was really empty. So my friend said, Well, why don't you go to church? okay I'll go to church so I went to church and the first message I heard from that pastor was that I could be filled Jesus came to fill me I'm thinking that's what I need I got everything else but I don't have Jesus something's not something's not making sense I wasn't finding hope So I poured myself into church. I started going to every event. I started getting involved in all kinds of ministries and children's ministry and youth ministry and working with people and greeting people and ushering all the different things you could possibly do. And it went on like that for a few years. Pretty soon, I'm not finding any hope anymore. I'm not finding any joy. It's kind of gone away. What happened? I'm getting so anxious. I'm literally having anxiety attacks. I'm supposed to be happy here, but I'm now empty again. What happened? And when I crashed... And when things came down and I'm in my room praying to God, it, it, it like, like appeared to me. Jesus was saying, this is what I've been waiting for. For the real Jason to come to me. Not the performer. Not the guy doing everything. <laughs> Thinking he could please me by all his performance. I think that's what Peter discovered. Same thing Jason Lee discovered. Hopefully the thing you discovered this morning. You can't perform your way to God. You can't be good enough. That won't do any good at all. You do all that you do for God out of gratitude of what he gave you in Jesus. That's where hope is found. Secondly, the second thing Peter told everybody in the book of Acts chapter 2 is this. Jesus' resurrection gives lasting meaning to your life. He wrote it down in another one of his letters. Listen to this. In the book of 1 Peter, the first letter he wrote to the churches, he says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, it's just a normal welcoming. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He says it. That's what happened to me. I got this living hope. Because Jesus raised from the dead. Do you have that living hope? Have you come there yet? That's what he began to understand the living hope. You know, it's not just a hope that someday you'll go to heaven when you die. <laughs> not to Peter. Not to you and me, I hope. It's a hope for your life tomorrow. To be able to have peace in your life now. It's hope in him. You know, you remember when uh, Martha, who had her brother, her big brother, Lazarus, died. And he was buried in a tomb just like Jesus. He'd been there for days. Finally, Jesus shows up. Martha sees Jesus coming because she had sent for him and he didn't come. So she runs to meet him. And what does she say? Jesus. Jesus, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He like picks her up, looks her down, Martha, just like you, don't you get it? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And then he says, what? Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Here's Martha calling herself a follower of Jesus, but she missed it. Totally had lost hope. And Jesus says, don't you get it? I'm the hope. I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me will live even if he die. And he says, do you believe this? I challenge you. Do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Or are you still blaming? You're still trying to achieve and accomplish? Or will you accept the only hope that will sustain you for even eternal life, but literally life right now? It's in Jesus. Okay, you've heard the story of Mike Lewis finding hope. I told you the story of Peter finding hope. I told you about Jason Lee finding hope. When I was 18 years old, I began to find the hope because I had tried everything I could to have as much fun as I could. I was one of those kind of teenagers. Yeah, I was pretty wild kid. And finally one night, I was just like Jason Lee. I mean, like, I should be happy, and I'm not. Something's missing. So someone said, you got to accept Jesus. So I did it in my bedroom. I literally got down on my knees by my bed, put the elbows on the mattress, folded my hands, said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. I did that. I remember coming out of my bedroom, walking into the kitchen. My brother's there eating ice cream. I have a big brother. He, he had already found Jesus. And when I told him, he says, wait a minute, I'm going to go. And so he goes and he gets me this material called the Four Spiritual Laws. They explained everything I've just told you this morning. And what I want to do this morning is pray that kind of prayer with you. If you've never accepted Jesus or you go, yeah, I think I did, but I've kind of gone hopeless again like Jason Lee. Well, reaffirm it right now. Bow with me in prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you believing that you are the resurrection of life, knowing that we can only find hope in you and that we're creatures of hope. We were made, literally hardwired by God to need hope. So we come to you right now, Lord, and we ask your forgiveness for our sins. Can you say that? Lord, I'm a, I'm a sinner too, like Peter. I'm a denier too. I accept that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins but that he rose from the dead so I could have a living hope. Don't let me keep blaming. Don't let me just keep trying myself. Don't let me, Lord. Let me believe. Jesus is my hope. He's the eternal, almighty, sovereign God and I put my hope in him. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.